0: four, four three, three two one, one zero, zero, zero ignition Fact based news services. You may even have heard of opinion based news services. Well, Soundbits is a sound based news and information service. We find the sounds and then give you the news and information behind that sound. No sound is too extreme or too difficult to reach. We have even had Sounds from Mars featured in previous episodes. The lineup this week has Italian flavours with slight rail nuances tenderly served with heritage amphibians and dusted off with flights of fancy of the historical kind Soundbits podcasts want you to really enjoy this so as always best results are achieved with headphones so press pause while you look for them ready now let's get started of sounds heaven I've just returned from watching a segment of the Target Florio Australia at Tyre Airport This is day 2 of the event the route is this on day 1 point Leo to Flinders day 2 Flinders to Inverloch which was today and they stopped off at Tyre Airport Day 3 is Inverloch to Hillsville Day 4 Hillsville to the Australian Grand Prix The stop at Tyab included a time trial competition. I met Paul Lawson and his father, who is in his eighties, in their 1938 Alfa Romeo. How are you? Good. And how does it drive? Beautiful. It's got independent suspension. Yeah, no, it's very, very, it's a nice and very light steering. It's the first Porsche racing car with independent suspension. Porsche designed the uh, suspension. Porsche designed oh, right. for alpha. Right. Then they put it on the competition car. It was sort of an experimental car. The sounds of the vehicles varied enormously, as you can hear. <laughs> Yes, that's the 1938 alpha can you identify these others here's a clue there is a 1958 fiat Arbeth in there as well as an ac cobra <laughs> many more as well including a jaguar that was going <laughs> targa florio has something for everyone to enjoy with three categories open for drivers to complete the targa florio australian tribute follows a european format that allows the enjoyment of cars with precision rather than speed. All three categories will follow exactly the same course and take the same stages. The event covers nearly 1,000 kilometers over four days and 80 competition stages. The iconic Targa Florio has been a much loved tradition of motor events in Sicily since 1906. Today, the Targa Florio is considered the world's most historic, traditional, and unique event for classic car enthusiasts. And because passion has no boundaries, that experience is now enjoyed in Australia. The Targa Florio Australian Tribute provides car enthusiasts seeking a finer, lifestyle motoring experience with a four day festival that excites and delights all the senses, I'll say. The four-day sister competition replicates this unique and traditional event and brings the style, culture, and spectacle to Australia with a uniquely local flavor, La Dolce Vita. Victoria's great driving roads provide the pathway to adventure, where competitions can unleash their passion. Take in sights of our main regional tourist destinations enjoy good food and wine unique to each of the regions and feel part of an event that is built on 100 years of European driving history, establishing long-lasting friendships along the way. There is something for everyone to enjoy, with two categories open for drivers to compete in competition stages, which follow a European format that allows an enjoyment of cars with precision rather than speed. The skills of drivers and navigators are tested as they drive to set average speeds and meet exact times over set stages. Challenging, addictive, and fun. The competition stages are time trials, or PCs as they're known, which is (laughs) provronomendatrate. It's not bad. The key is to accurately drive these short sections between 40 and 400 meters long in exactly the correct set time. There are usually two to four of these in a row each time and they are positioned off the main roads. You are timed by driving over timing tubes to start and then end each stage. There are more than 70 of these on the event over the four days and they are timed to within Three. one 100th of a second. You are penalised each point for each one hundredth of a second, you are off the exact set time. This is where the competition is won and lost. Average speed tests, or PMs, prova media. The key with PMs is to maintain the set average speed over the distance set, usually five to 10 kilometres. There are one to two of these tests each day. You'll start the test on instructions of a marshal and your speed checked at a secret location anywhere during the prescribed distances. These are timed to one tenth of a second. Penalties for being slower or quicker are incurred. The event for spectators. The Targa Florio Australian tribute is also an event to enjoy as a spectator. It certainly was for me, that's for sure. There are many opportunities over the four days to enjoy watching the field of magnificent cars over the four days. You can watch them roar by as they drive the windy roads of Victoria. Cheer them whilst they're challenged to drive the competition stages, or enjoy them close up as I did this morning, close up and personal as they assembled each day at lunch and in the evenings. There are three categories in this event, the Classica Trofeo. This category is open to classic cars produced between the years 1907 and 1976. I had a Celica could have fitted into that. In 2019, which is the last time it was run here due to the pandemic, the field of cars included a broad range of spectacular vehicles crewed by enthusiasts who thoroughly enjoyed the event from start to finish. The eventual winners were Greg and Barry Adshead, crewing, get this, get this, a red Jaguar E-Type. You got that, a Jaguar won it last time a Jaguar. Then there's the Legends Trophy. This category is for exotic cars from 1977 onwards and it includes classic and supercar owners who are seeking a lifestyle motorsport category that they too can enjoy. Many fine exotic cars and supercars have competed with the creation of this category with everyone thoroughly enjoying being part of the Australian Targa Florio. La Cosa Scuderia is the next category. It is a team's event of the Australian Targa Florio. Introduced in 2019, it brought another exciting dimension to this already great event. Competitors select or are allocated into teams of three vehicles. Each vehicle crew will have their total individual points tally added to their team members' tallies at the end of the event to produce their overall team score. This exciting element adds to the competitiveness of this event and also provides an opportunity for competitors who may not be at the peak of their class. Another way of standing on the podium through teamwork and passion over the four days. The 2019 winners were Team Europeans, an MGB, an Austin Healy, and an Austin Healy. If you do have the time and you can fit it in, I thoroughly recommend it. Just to view these vehicles is spectacular, to hear them even more so. If you hadn't guessed it, they have frog calls. Pobble bonk, <laughs> bobble bonk, frog, bobble bonk, frog calls to be precise. We encountered them recently whilst luncheoning at the cafe at Heronswood, an historical property situated on two hectares of formal gardens in Dramana. Heronswood is the home of the diggers club. Australia's most respected gardening organisation dedicated to preserving heirloom seeds and the best gardening traditions. The gardens comprise stunning perennial and annual borders, as well as kitchen and vegetable parterre gardens, providing inspiration to cooks and gardeners. The Heronswood Cafe is located within the historic house surrounded by the stunning grounds of Heronswood Gardens and sea views. The menu changes weekly and features the freshest organic heirloom vegetables and fruit from the gardens, matched with local produce and wines. The frog calls come free with lunch at the cafe. Browse through the garden shop and nursery and speak to knowledgeable staff for expert gardening advice. The Diggers Garden Shop stocks the complete diggers range of heirloom seeds and plants, plus garden hardware and books for all your garden needs. All profits from the Diggers Club are contributed to the Diggers Foundation. Located on the beautiful Mornington Peninsula, Heronswood Gardens Nursery and Restaurant offer an idyllic location to escape the crowds, relax and shop for a huge range of plants, heirloom seeds and garden hardware. Entry into Heronswood Gardens Gallery and Cafe is free for Diggers members and children under 16 and just $10 for visitors. There is no entry charge to visit the garden shop. Heronswood can accommodate your group and can arrange garden tours for groups of 15 people or more. Garden tours, of course, need to be pre-booked in advance. See you there. Southern Cross Railway Station, Victoria. Southern Cross Station, previously Spencer Street Station, was originally known as Batman's Hill Railway Station. Passenger services was started in 1859 with a single main platform. The station was provided with an additional platform in 1874. Spencer Street and Flinders Street stations were linked by a single track ground level line operated at night for goods trains alone. In the 1880s, it was proposed that Spencer Street Station be removed in order to facilitate the westward expansion of the city. However, the plan was subsequently rejected. Yes, I think we're aware of that. In 1862, for the first time, Spencer Street Station was provided with a fleet of 32 passenger locomotives. The station was redeveloped during 1875 to 1888 and was added with an additional passenger platform, new goods sheds and engine sheds. Spencer Street was installed with the first signal box in 1880. Construction of a viaduct to link Flinders Street Station with Spencer Street Station began in 88. In 1891, the viaduct was opened for goods traffic with a speed limit of 15 miles per hour and passenger trains Were introduced in 1894. As a part of electrification of the suburban railway network, the viaduct was expanded to four tracks in 1915. The station was provided with four new platforms between 18 and 1924. That's 1918 and 1924. A program to modernize the station began in 1960. It delivered an interstate standard gauge railway link to Sydney a new station building and a new 413 meter long main platform. One of the most substantial infrastructure redevelopment projects in the history of Victoria, the project was started in September 2002 and was completed in late 2006. By July 2004, the project had fallen behind schedule and over budget by $200 million. As a result of the overruns and design issues, some elements of the original design, including additional proposed footbridge connecting Lonsdale Street with Dockman Stadium, were scrapped. A sweeping roof of about 35,000 square metres was erected at a height of 23 metres to cover the station. Ticket barriers, escalators, walkways and rail platforms were upgraded and refurbished. Baggage check-in areas and new passenger lounges were also constructed. The station was installed with 120 new passenger information screens. The project also involved the upgrade of rail infrastructure such as track adjustment and platform modifications including electrical infrastructure works. Initial construction work on the Southern Cross station was started in 2009 August of that year. The project was expected to be completed in late 2014. Complaints about access to platforms, empty trains occupying space during the day and lack of government support were raised. This led to concerns that the station might not be ready in time for the Commonwealth Games. And the government arranged with the railway operators to provide more access to the worksite. It did make it for the Commonwealth Games. The station was renamed from Spencer Street to Southern Cross on the 13th of December, 2015. The redevelopment has meant that passengers take more time to get to the suburban network platforms than before. In the new station, the pedestrian subway access was removed in favour of street level and elevated concourses. The original subway also continued underneath Spencer Street, and its closure means it is necessary for all pedestrians to wait for traffic lights to cross Spencer Street at street level. It's a bit dumb. For all suburban and some country services, passengers using the main entrance on the corner of Collins and Spencer streets have to ascend two escalators, or sets of stairs, to a shopping concourse and then enter the paid area of the station before descending again to the metropolitan platforms. There have been some accidents where some people have fallen from this elevated level. The 8 metre ascent and descent is more than necessary to clear the height of the trains and more than 3 metre descent and ascent to the previous subway. The Southern Cross station is located at the western edge of the CBD on Spencer Street between Collins and Latrobe Streets. Located at a distance of 1.2 k's from the Flinders Street station, the Southern Cross station is just a few hundred meters away from Etihad Stadium and New Docklands. The station is served by 16 platforms and 22 tracks, actually 24. The station has two concourses at Burke and Collins Streets, The Southern Cross station is operated by Metro Trains Melbourne. There are many different rail services that operate from the station to Victoria around Melbourne and all over the country. Platforms 9 to 14 serve Metropolitan and Geelong lines. Lockers are available at the Southern Cross coach terminal in the V-Line luggage area and on platform 7A. Not nine and three quarters, 7A. There are short, long-term pickup drop off points and taxi ranks. The parking facility is operated by Wilson Parking. The Travelers Aid Australia Centre at the Southern Cross Station provides public transport information, free buggy transport for disabled and elderly people and a rest area and lounge. The Myki Discovery Centre is located near the entrance of Spencer and Little Collins Streets on the ground level of the station. Myki is a smart card ticketing system, sometimes. The Airport, known as Harry Hawker Airport, is a general aviation airport for light aircraft located in between the southern Melbourne suburbs of Heatherton, Cheltenham, Dingley Village and Mentone. The airport's beginnings came about in 1946 when Prime Minister Ben Chifley stated that the government was about to acquire a large tract of land in the parish of Mordialik at a cost of £140,000. On which it would construct a secondary airport for Melbourne. Absence of an exact location soon gave rise to speculation among the Mordialloc residents. Some said the PM was taking their past interest in aviation for granted. Mordiallock's Epson Racecourse had been the site on which Australia's first aerial derby had been staged in 1920. More recently, during World War II, a Victorian Air Observation Corps, VAOC, emergency landing strip had operated. The mordialic based VAOC had guided an American Mitchell bomber to a safe landing at Essendon and a DC-2 of the Australian National Airlines to the ANA strip near Wells Road. Although the DC-2 landed safely, the VOAC members, in their enthusiasm, backed their truck into the wing of that machine. Before the VOAC came into existence in February 1941, a Royal Australian Air Force wuppity made a forced landing on the paddock behind Epsom Racecourse. Mordialic residents appeared on the scene to help the uninjured pilot from his damaged aircraft. The 293 hectare site was acquired in 1946 and opened in December 1949. The first aircraft, a Wackett trainer, touched down before the airport was officially opened and was confiscated by the government. And then, shortly afterwards, again before the airport opened on the 5th of December 1949, a twin engine Bristol freighter made an emergency landing with a failed engine on fire whilst flying from Tasmania to Essendon Airport. Only one of the original businesses who moved into Moorabbin from Essendon 1949 remain open today, and that's the Royal Victorian Aero Club established in 1926 and still trading. Arthur Shutter Aviation was another long-term tenant of the airport, established in 1936, but it closed in 2002. The airport is now the major centre in Victoria for training, charter, aerial work and private flying. It is also the maintenance and aircraft sales capital of Southern Australia. The airport grounds are treated as their own suburb and share the postcode 3194 with the neighbouring suburb of Mentone. With a total of 274,082 aircraft movements, Moorabbin Airport was the second busiest airport in Australia for the calendar year in 2011, and it still is today. Moorabbin Airport, one of four in the city, serves the general aviation needs of the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. It has 5 intersecting runways, the longest being a runway 17 left 35 right, with a length of 1335 meters. Usually, two parallel runways are used at the same time. The airport also has a control tower. The airport is home to the Royal Victorian Aero Club, the Australian National Aviation Museum, and several flight training facilities, including a campus of multinational pilot training organisation, CAE Oxford Aviation Academy. The two airlines operating out of Moorabbin are King Island Airlines, with its destination to King Island, and Vortex Air, and its destination is Devonport. A master plan for a 20 year development for the airport has just been rejected by the government, citing too much emphasis On retail outlets. We hope you enjoyed the audio presentations on the Targa Florio, Heronswood Heritage Home, Southern Cross Railway Station, and of course, Moravan Airport. Check in next time for more audio treats with Soundbits Podcast.